Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scalora Dance Board. We have the one and only Miss Barbara Ambrose. Hello. Hello, Alessandro. How are you today? Hello to all your audience. Hello, hello. Yes, fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Are you located in Slovenia right now? Yes. Currently, I'm at home in Ljubljana. All right. Very nice. And tell me, how's the weather today in Slovenia? How are things in Slovenia today? Well, so-so. A bit of a sun, a bit of a rain. Autumn is coming, but colors are gorgeous. Good. Very nice. Is the chilly weather coming in a little bit? Yeah, it might, but uh, we will still have some sunny days for the next year. Good, good. So just hang on to summer there. Just hang on a little more. (laughs) So... Miss Barbara, you have uh, many, many years of um, of professionalism in the dance sport world. So let's start from the very beginning of those years. Tell us, how were you introduced into the world of dancing? Well, it was in a primary school when I was 13. We had a possibility to be a part of a special course for ballroom and Latin dancing. And there was a lovely teacher, young girl. Her name was Moitza. She was my first teacher. She was an active amateur competitor at the time. And just learning from her and admiring her, I was mesmerized. You're wow, so, right? Yes, I was wow from the very beginning. Although I did a bit of a ballet as a child and... I somehow always enjoyed listening to the music, you know, improvising, mm-hmm. birthday parties and so on. But then um, she gave me an opportunity to audition for the club where she was competing. Very nice. So at the age of 15, I auditioned in the club. I passed the audition. I got my first dance partner there. Very nice. Um, so this this is how I started to train regularly on a daily basis. and. Then, of course, uh, having uh, beautiful teachers in my home country, Slovenia, for both ballroom and Latin. And mm. when when I was good enough, they took me to London. Oh, I believe okay. I was 17 for the first time. So this is where we first visited Jeffrey Hearn and Peggy Spencer mm-hmm. and Sydney Francis Studios. And later on, um, when I decided not to compete, because I stopped competing by the, at the age of 21. I just wow. felt uh, strongly that I want to teach dancing, to be a dance mm-hmm. teacher. Then I started to go to England regularly with my first young couples, you know, first Slovenian mm-hmm. juniors and juveniles. And that was the time I connected with uh, Lorna Lee and Mixtilianos. Peter Maxwell mm-hmm. and Lorraine. And I've learned the most being in connection with of all course, those, with those gorgeous guys icons and very knowledgeable people, including Mr. Walter Laird. Uh, later on, also on the field of ballroom with Bill and Bobby Irwin. Mm-hmm. And somehow um, those people took me under their wings as a young teacher, uh, and extended me many, many opportunities to 
travel with them around the world, starting to judge competitions. I passed my qualifications as a trainer and international adjudicator at the age of 25. Oh, wow. So, That's very nice. Congratulations. Yeah, I guess I was just blessed and very fortunate that uh, so many great dance experts were and still are part of my development. Of course, of course. Now, with that being said, I did have a few questions come into mind. Now, first, as at such a young age, having to travel already to London and the UK, tell me, were your parents supportive of your dance career? Yes. Both my parents were extremely supportive, although I come from a very modest family, but mm -hmm. they took extra jobs to save money. Uh, we were also traveling to London by car, you know, at that time, which is oh uh, yeah, one day travel because we no could not kidding. afford uh, traveling by plane, for example. Sure, of course. Yeah. Now, tell me, you told me, uh, if I got it correct, that you got your adjudicating license at 25. Now, do you feel maybe, did anyone maybe judge you for use of better uh, words for that decision? Were people like, oh my goodness, she's too young, she's not qualified. What do you think? How, how did you Well, I was process? very young and of course I was unexperienced, but we had and still have fantastic opportunity to gain qualifications through... Uh, faculty of Sports in Ljubljana, mm -hmm. where we also have a dance department. And in order to gain a license as a teacher first and later on as a coach, trainer, and judging license, we had to attend two-year education, which was not only about, you know, knowing all the syllabus and technique books, mm -hmm. but also history of dancing, sports psychology, um, anatomy, many subjects. So I believe from the education point of view i got a uh, very good support and then of good. course uh, trust i believe people trusted me uh, with judging job as well because i came out with well-trained young dancers at the time mm -hmm. you, know? you had a product right yes very yeah. good very good very good now this um degree you were mentioning here in the united states uh we don't have something exactly like it but do you mean the the master of sports that they have there in europe well depend on the country you know i know mm -hmm. that in russia or for example lithuania is it possible to study dancing within the sport academies in russia mm -hmm. i believe they also have dance academy uh, which we also established years later here in Slovenia. So, depend uh, on the country. Many countries have uh, performing arts uh, academies, you know, so people can gain education as performers uh, in musicals, for example. Those academies right. are not focusing only on the dancing, but also singing, acting, and so on. But. Uh, mm -hmm. A little bit of a mm, more general aspect, like theater, yes? Exactly, exactly. Interesting, intriguing, intriguing. Now, uh, tell me, so throughout these years of adjudicating, adjudicating license at 25, tell me, I think everybody wants to know, where did this fascination with Cuba come from? Where, how did you get motivated to go to Cuba? This love for Cuba, where did it come from? Tell me. Well, um... It came probably out of love for music, you know, because I was mm -hmm. listening to authentic music uh, 
Also, my father was a big lover of jazz and Latin American music, played instruments. And it was always my dream to travel to Latin America. And uh, that dream came true in 1985 uh, when I had the first opportunity. We traveled there with my husband. And I still remember vividly the feeling, you know, stepping out of the plane. And I somehow felt I'm at home. Oh, nice. uh, it felt home. and. Of course, then we were returning uh, many years. In 92, I had the first possibility to attend two-week course within Conjunto Folklorico Nacional in Havana. That was my first serious attempt to mm -hmm. start studying authentic Cuban movement and music. And later on, I also met uh, Dr. Alan Olavo Rodriguez. Uh, he's probably one of the best musicologists in Latin America, and I was returning back to Havana, well, more than 35 times, I guess, mm -hmm. studying with him as well, more into the detail. Right, Cuban right. Music. Now, is, with all these trips to Havana, to Cuba, uh, tell me, where did the inspiration for the book come from? Because we saw that you, you're an author as well, an established author. Uh, and then as well, the documentary is quite very, uh, it's very nice and professional looking. So tell me a little bit about the book. Well, it was never planned, actually. You know, when I was writing the text for documentary, because mm -hmm. I had this idea after doing a Cuban experience workshop in Havana. I started with that project in 19, um, in um, 14, mm -hmm. um, 2014. So I just wanted to have a document that people would have clearer picture how we can implement those authentic values um, from movement and music into competitive dancing. And luckily, all five years doing that research project in Havana, I was in a great company of Professor Dr. Ruth Vermey um, and also from USA, Tony Meredith. Mm -hmm. uh, Nadia Eftedal and Ron Montes were participating, oh, so we right. could do comparison, you know, in between authentic style, uh, international style, and American rhythm. Mm -hmm. So, being so involved and busy then with this documentary, I realized there was so much text still there. I said, okay, maybe I put it together nicely, and this is how the book came out. Right. Yes. So to discuss a little bit about the people there along with you, dancers, because in the documentary we saw dancers such as Cristina Moshenskaya, Marius Balan, Andrei Silvestri. Tell me, what was their reaction to this project? How did they, how did you bring them on board? So guys, let's go to Cuba. Well, I presented the project into the detail and over five years doing that project in Havana, there were about 300 dancers and top coaches from all around mm -hmm. the world attending this project, uh, regardless the federation. It was just done for those who want to study, who had uh, passion research, for it, right? going deeper. Yeah, you have to ask them how they felt, but they still all want to go back and they oh, continue nice. asking when it's going to be the next one, you know? When's the next one? I want to go back to Cuba. <laughs> I, I assume, yes, we had great times there. Not only from the perspective of learning, acknowledging, uh, but also the way how dancers and 
teachers connected as human beings, you know, the connection established there was so genuine, pure, human, mm -hmm. uh, supportive, loving. So, yes. I see. I see. Now, something that just came into my mind, I do have to say, uh, back, I think it was the year of 2019, you were here in the United States. And actually, you did a lecture in my academy, in my studio. And I remember the lecture was on cha-cha-cha. And I do remember vividly, you were instructing us uh, that um, a lot of people forget the last cha, the cha-cha-cha. And that was one thing I do remember from your topic. And I was like, this is... And then you started playing the authentic Cuban music. I was like, I like this. I want to do the Cuban experience. Tell me more. And so that was something... It really stuck with me. So that lecture is still in my head. I even remember what you were wearing. You were wearing these nice black pants, this black shirt, and the nice pearl <laughs> necklace. So that's how much it stuck with me. Are, so, you, aware you, are, you, are you aware you are talking to the 60 years old granny? <laughs> I, th I thought it was motivational. Look, inspiration. Whatever inspires me, I'm going to take it. Whatever I can learn from. So I loved it and I enjoyed it. <laughs> so nice to discuss, to hear, to hear a little bit about this Cuban experience, we're hearing Cuban experience over and over again. Tell me, what is Cuban experience? What is the definition? What is this experience? Well, I believe how we experience new environments, new sounds, uh, new mm -hmm. movements, uh, new people. It's very individual. Every person entered not knowing what they are going to experience there. And I believe they returned home richer, fuller. Mm -hmm. um, More wise, you think, wiser, maybe. It's uh, like... I don't know, something evokes inside you, you know, you, you start to remember that it lives already in you, but you need environment that can up. trigger all yes. treasures we carry within ourselves. You know, in Western society, very often we stay closed. We do not share unconditionally. So I believe Cuban experience gave to all participants it's not just additional knowledge and insight into authenticity and values, but as well reminded all of them how beautiful life is when we are connected, when we are present, when we are truly open, uh, not judgmental. Mm -hmm. uh, so almost open-minded. So this Cuban experience is like a way for you to just go there open-minded and take as much as you can learn. Just put it all in and then see how the results are, yes? Well, it was a combination of what came in, but mostly also pulling out, you know? Suddenly mm. in the right environment, you start pulling out what you already carry within yourself. Uh, we are well equipped through our DNA imprint and heritage we have as human beings. so. I think it was more of a pulling out rather than putting in. Right. And yes, that's that's very interesting, very intriguing. I do have to say, while I was uh, preparing for this lecture, I did have the I did watch the whole documentary series, and I was quite interested with everything uh, that you had to say about all the technical qualities with the rumba and the posture toward towards Mother Nature and the feet brushing on the floor. It was it was quite intriguing because just from that documentary, from that viewpoint, as just a viewer. I was already able to feel 
a little different, take a different perspective for, of, of cha-cha-cha, of rumba, especially, I think what really brought it to the next level was the authentic percussion music. And I'll be honest with you, uh, I love to dance to that music, to this feeling, because it gives me a feeling as an Italian, uh, I kind of, I grew up Italian, but I was born in Russia. It's quite strange. But I love the broken down music, the minimalistic instruments. And if you can create something out of that, I'm glad you can. And what I like even more from your project is you could take that beat and maybe one interprets it as cha-cha-cha, or maybe another one interprets it as bolero, or maybe somebody hears something else, but we're all dancing and making music. And I really do like that. It's very intriguing. Now, our following question, you did mention a second ago about American rhythm and American smooth. Now, these styles are slowly growing in Europe. Now, tell me, do you want to see American smooth, for example, at the German Open or at the Blackpool and rhythm? Where do you want to see these styles in the future? Well, these styles are rich, unique, long history. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many icons of that style still live in USA, mm -hmm. you know, and I just hope it will spread more around the world because, you know, I always admired USA as a country, not only because people would say this is the country of opportunities, but it offers a very particular common sense, practicality, accessible manner of functioning in daily life and i believe also the approach towards dancing and syllabus was genius because they managed to create a syllabus which is accessible from people for people from the very beginning and then it can grow and of course it does in top performing art mm -hmm. form so yes i'm very happy to see that Pro-M competitions, um, which is another specific, specific yes, from your pro -Am country. Pro-M is very, very and, big in the uh, United Smooth States. and, yes, American rhythm. You know, USA still kept that flavor, that connection, because Latin mm -hmm. America is much closer to you than to us. And sure, of course. You can, you can see it as well. I had an honor to judge many competitions in your country and always great music. You All know, right, there we go. They still know what is right. <laughs> we have good DJs then. <laughs> what is right groove, you know? And yes, yes. The good vibe, good atmosphere. The good vibe, yes. uh, the good motion. Mm -hmm. So, yes, beautiful I, stuff. I will Very be good. honest. Yes, as a, I think all competitors really prefer music. Uh, that is authentic, for example, music that is phrased correctly, because that makes such a big difference, even with the choreography. Because, for example, if your choreography is set to be with phrased music, then the correct music will tag along with the choreography. And I think it, it really brings it to the next level. So let's move on topics a little bit. I want to speak a little bit about dance sport now, the industry. Now, tell me, how does the future of the dance sport industry make you feel with the creation of the WDO? partnership with the breaking, uh, progression of the style of dancing? Maybe have we lost maybe a little bit of individuality? Tell me, what do you think? Well, I don't know about the future. I can maybe comment only the present situation. 
I believe the present situation requires resetting of values, starting oh, yeah. with human values, you know, honesty, integrity, uh, respect towards different schools of thought, mm -hmm. inclusion. Um, so I believe if we would manage, starting with ourselves, you as a competitor, my colleagues as teachers or judges, to be aware what truly matters in life. Mm -hmm. Because separated, we are weaker and connected, we can be always stronger. Although I understand the need for separation, because if you find yourself in a situation that you do not feel accepted or appreciated or free to express or controlled or conditioned, uh, then you search for solutions and new ways of being connected with people with similar frame of mind. Mm -hmm. So whatever is happening right now, I think it's happening because it cannot be other way. You know, mm -hmm. human being will always search for solutions, for uh, additional layers of existence sure. for opportunities where you can contribute to the institution your maximum. Right, right. So what it seems to be, uh, as you're discussing this, I'm thinking immediately of my head. So, <clears throat> excuse me, my, my dance coach, not only is she a very strong dance coach, she's also a businesswoman. And uh, she as uh, long, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Uh, one of some lessons that I do with her is she teaches me about this ARC triangle. And so what it sounds to me from what you're discussing is maybe we as a society in the dance industry need a bigger ARC triangle. And what this is, the A stands for affinity, R stands for reality, and C stands for communications. So affinity uh, would be, for example, like uh, I have an affinity for dance. I love dance. You, Miss Barbara, also have an affinity for dance because you love dance. So you and I, we both have affinity for dance. And then the reality, uh, let's say, for example, uh, the color, this color is red. You agree this is red. So we're in the same reality that this is red. And then the communications is us talking. So maybe it seems like as an industry, whether WDSF, WDC, WDO, maybe we need a bigger ARC triangle and have a little more affinity, be in the same reality, and have communication. Is this a little bit, am I understanding correctly? Well, I worry that uh, I will understand you correctly. I'm not familiar with this triangle. I never feared conflicts or disagreements uh, I believe they are very necessary in every society because these are strong energies. And as long as we are focused towards finding a way out, good resolutions, uh, not necessarily compromises, but just being aware that as people, we are all different. So we are entitled to perceive the world in to interpret way. in different ways. But right. having still, you know, flexibility, understanding, respect, appreciation. So, yes, yeah, struggles are okay. I think in every relationship, there mm -hmm. are always struggles. Of course. And of course. the most important is that you have clear intention how to deal with them and what you learn out of how them. How to handle them. Yes, yes, agreed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, 
Tommy, with this being said and all these thoughts being provoked and triggered, tell me, if you had the possibility to make a drastic change, whether it's in the present of dance sport or in the future of dance sport, what would it be? What, what are you thinking? I'm not sure drastic changes are possible. Normally, we go step by step gradually. Yes, yes. Uh, with understanding, patience, a lot of dialogue, mm -hmm. which is always necessary to find good resolutions. Good communication, yes. Good communication. I wish people we would be more connected and respectful regardless the school of thought mm -hmm. we are carrying within ourselves of course because, it would... uh, being connected you can always get inspired even if you deal with an opinion or way of seeing things which is totally different from yours mm -hmm. but that always make you re-question your own beliefs is it what mm -hmm. i believe in my reality or it just you know, adopted belief, and right. then you have to rethink and make a decision and upgrade. Mm -hmm. I believe that uh, you need to upgrade. Yes, I like that. I like that to keep the open mind. I'll have to yeah. compare it to. Uh, so right now, the United States, everyone is saying here in the United States, everyone is all divided between Democrats and Republicans. It's almost like politics. And, and we have to be able to have an opinion but also not belittle someone and maybe make fun of someone who has a different opinion from you. Maybe you should learn and take back and forth and kind of mature together forward. Yes? Yes, for me, integrity is a big value and respect mm -hmm. towards another human being. Yes. On the yes. first place. Always, always, no matter anything. I agree. Now, if we discuss a little bit, maybe philosophical about dance, Tell me, what is your definition of dance and then the verb dancing? Is there a difference? Well, you can approach is it an art? Is it mm -hmm. something beyond words? Mm -hmm. Probably, I would say. Is it maybe a feeling? Because dancing happens through me. Uh, why I find it so mystic or powerful or what is it there, you know, that pulls us all consistently so strongly. Probably mm -hmm. there is always an intention. Mm -hmm. why we do something so why i would dance and probably people dance because there's so much joy in sensing the movement mm, that so feeling already right? being present alive sensing it sensing how one movement goes into another mm -hmm. uh, the there's always a purpose why we would dance of course you can dance for various reasons just for pleasure or in competitive world, many people would train a lot in order to achieve something because mm -hmm. in Western society, achievements and results and trophies are a big thing. 
And it's okay if it is a good driving force for people to remain engaged, involved, totally present, mastering their skills, pulling out their maximum, discovering how unlimited human being in a way is not just in a physical sense, but also in all others. For me, dancing always has as well a higher meaning. Uh, that layer of spirituality mm -hmm. which dancing conveys because through dancing we can connect with ourselves with other people uh, with our own world of meaning purpose values sure it gives us a drive yes of course we all know that the essence of dance is aesthetics it's something we relate as beautiful uh, but it's because of that feeling i would say that's why we dance it's difficult right. to describe it and i also believe it's very personal very unique hmm. always that emotional component within right so right. it's not just that you need your intellect to make your plans and visualize where you want to go it simply embraces all layers of human existence therefore i believe dancing can be way of living can be way of healing mm -hmm. way of connecting way of discovering continuous learning socializing uh, i see for yeah. me it's much more related to beingness rather becoming a champion Let's put yes. it this way. I like it. I like it. Now, to discuss a little bit about that, every person is different. Now, dancing, as you said, is different to everyone. So, for example, maybe one person, dancing is, is what they depend on because they don't have anything else good for them. Like maybe college is not good for them or maybe a different job is not good for them. So they only depend on dancing. Or maybe somebody else takes it as a hobby and um, they can take it or leave it. So dancing has saved, maybe, let's say saved, many people's lives, both metaphorically and literally. So tell me, what about you? How has dancing impacted your life? Well, I feel extremely grateful that I was invited into this world quite early and I stayed. So it is my profession, gave me opportunity to meet with people all around the world, make friendships, uh, stayed in a beautiful relation with many of my ex-students from all over the world. So. I believe through dancing, I could develop my human skills related to empathy, respect, curiosity, connectivity, gratefulness. Mm -hmm. That would, the word, the word grateful would embrace. So the key word, just overall, just yeah. gratefulness. I like, yeah. I like it very much. Now, we do have a question from an audience member. This audience member 
couldn't make it today, unfortunately, because he is currently in a meeting. But he's a really big fan of yours, Mr. Igor Golovich. Now, here's the question. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Igor. I'm sure he'll be watching very soon. <laughs> Here is the question that Igor has for you. In your opinion, what is male and female role on the dance floor? Also, how does she feel about the same-sex division and if it has a future in the ballroom dancing? I believe if we would identify a little bit less with being in a role or playing the role of a man or a woman or a teacher or a student or carrying particular titles and all mm -hmm. that stuff, we could start identifying with our real self, who we truly are, in a more direct and sincere way. So throughout the tradition, of course, we understand that ballroom dancing, couple dancing started or evolved through social dancing and so on. But maybe that male and female division is more present in the Western world because in Latin America, it doesn't matter of what gender or gender identity you are. Two men can dance together, two women, two gay or trans or transgender or binary or 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 so for me dancing is the purest form of nonverbal communication between mm -hmm. two human beings regardless the gender possibly without playing any role because i find that totally unnecessary you cannot be more of a man alessandro as you are and mm -hmm. what is your gender identity it's your choice which has to be acknowledged sincerely in relation to what you truly feel as a human being mm -hmm. so also competitive dancing i believe should be totally open for all people regardless gender identity it was actually in usa i started to teach many years ago dancers of the same gender and it was lovely we still keeping contact because mm -hmm. the guys took care of my skin moisturizers for example <laughs> there, yeah, you go. there you fabulous go advice. there you go <laughs> so what can i say we are human beings and everyone is entitled to live the life accordingly to genuine feeling we have within mm -hmm. ourselves without being judged conditioned labeled uh, or whatsoever you know i do have a question that did bring some things up. Now, in our, let's call it industry, in our dance board industry, many professionals, whether professionals is defined by a professional as an adjudicator, a professional dancer, just people who have a clear understanding of dance and have been dancing in a while, their social normality is, a, let's say, a traditional couple. And they say there are characteristics, let's take Paso, for example, there are characteristics of, um, of being a, uh, of a matador man. You, you take these ideals and characteristics of a matador and put it into the dance board. Or, for example, the rumba, where you take characteristics of 
a scene with your lover, whether it's traditional couple, same sex couple, then. So with that being said, my question is, as an adjudicator, from a perspective of adjudicator, there are some adjudicators who are completely against it, who are like, no, I don't want to see this. And so even if they see it automatically in their brain, they think, no, I'm going to vote this down, even if the quality might be good. So or and then there are some adjudicators who are completely for it. And sometimes they disregard the quality of the dancing. And because they are same sex couple, they want to place higher. So that way the same sex couple can make news, can make interviews and kind of become like, I don't want to say famous. So how does an adjudicator let's say judge fairly, how does an adjudicator judge fairly a same-sex couple against a traditional couple if there are adjudicators who believe in characteristics of the roles between the dancers? Well, dance character has not much to do with telling the stories about Tarzan and Jane and Happy Cha 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 and Carnival Samba. I believe an adjudicator is entitled to analyze and evaluate movement qualities, symbolic mm. values of the movement, which are not necessarily related to storytelling in sure. a simple way. So a true expert would definitely try to focus on movement qualities mm -hmm. and symbolic value behind and all variety of moods, atmospheres that can be expressed through different dances and performances. So mm -hmm. I don't see it so black and white. You also mentioned a lot the world dance industry. I always admired Tesla company, for example, because you cannot find a lot of advertising and yet we all know they produce the best electric cars in yeah. the world so why in that company marketing is not the front line why they focus in engineering because the quality speaks for itself there you go yep. and i believe also in dancing a good movement good dance expression talks for itself so if we would have a little bit less of this marketing and whatever people do in order to become successful you know all those posts and my couples and mm -hmm. promotions and buying the result and politics and setting the result in advance actually all very harmful towards everyone especially mm -hmm. young people almost toxic yeah yes and i believe that we all also can contribute that focus would be the dance and the beauty of the dance expression as such and mm -hmm. not self-promotion and other issues related to roles titles positions right. and so on right intriguing now, uh, you mentioned um, younger dancers, so I'd like to speak about younger dancers for a second. So what advice, all right, would you give to a youth dancer that is transitioning from high school into the real world? Now, what I mean by that 
of course, high school is already a kind of a difficult time for anybody because you're kind of taking those baby steps into the real world. Now, as a dancer, dancing takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. You really have to put into it if you want to be competitive and high competitive. So how would a young youth dancer transition from high school into the real world of the dance sport world? Well, I believe that is extremely individual and different from country to country. If mm -hmm. I take my country as an example and many other European countries, I know a lot of dancers who are or were extremely successful through their dance career and in the meantime managed to finish universities, PhDs, master degrees and so on. It's a matter of decision. Mm -hmm. You can always do parallel studying and competing. Of course, if you have a good plan, timetable and you know how to make your own decisions. Maybe in your country this is not possible. I wouldn't know that because I know that when people finish high school and if they decide to carry on studying, that is extremely expensive. So people need to be totally 100% then mm -hmm. present there and probably less time to have a parallel career. But on the other hand, maybe there are some ways of studying subjects that are dance related so competitive career and studying could always merge in my opinion right something that can work together with the dancing mm -hmm. well as now long we... as you know what you want because if it's of course complex difficult requires uh, better organization uh, but i totally believe that if you go for something you want if you're totally devoted if you follow your goals if you own your decisions not that you are owned by others mm -hmm. then you will make it you'll make it as long as you have the dreams if there's a will there's a way here you go yeah now, dreams is maybe not enough you have to go <laughs> into the right action yes 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 and build the path now now we do have a, a question from our audience members. She asks, what makes some dancers appealing emotionally while others do not connect emotionally, no matter how technically excellent they are? That's a good question. Yes, it's a very good question. I would say one cannot exist without another, you know, you can be technically very good, but to be technically more than very good, perfect, you need to go to the process where doing becomes sensing. Because mm -hmm. doing as such in a physical manner normally feels for, for an outlooker a little bit dry. Yes. The moment dancer has the capacity to translate doing into the sensing and regulating motion, not only by knowing 
what is technically correct, but applying other layers of tacit knowledge, like intuitive feeling for time, for space, uh, when the animal, your instinct stays present and vital mm -hmm. and alive, and then your intuition and intellect and instinct merge together mm -hmm. together and you are still there like observing or mm -hmm. watching yourself from the point of awareness yes mm -hmm. i believe it is awareness being of aware sensing of and being mm -hmm. present and in the moment in the moment you kind of disappear into mm -hmm. it yes then you just kind of course, disappear and fall yeah. in love with the with just with everything you just i, I don't see think what you need to fall in love you need to deliver the task you know but yes. when your i i i big i goes a little bit into the backstage and there is space for it for the dance for the sense of it for mm -hmm. your own way of delivering it yes then, i agree of course, there is a particular feeling attached to that because movement manners are choices mm -hmm. and dynamic contrasts are choices and all that makes it feel vital present it magnets others yes it attracts yeah. people mm -hmm. mm. Yes. Now we do have a video question sent in from the one and only Becky Hamrick. Let me pull it up. Here is her video message. Hi, Barbara. Um, this is Becky Hamrick and my husband and I had a lesson with you um, in 2019 which is almost three years ago at Southeastern. We enjoyed it very much and I wanna thank you again for that. Um, I actually have two questions for you today. One is about you and it is looking back on your life and your career in dance. If you had it to do over again, would you choose a career in the dance industry again or would you choose to do something different? And why would you make the choice? Um, the second question I have is about advice and that is what is the most important message you can think of um, that you would choose to give to all dancers regardless of age uh, current level just people who love to dance and compete thank you and sorry i couldn't be there in person to ask my questions i look forward to hearing your response all right thank you becky and yes. the floor miss Barbara. thank you thank you becky i remember yourself and your husband and our little time together yes years ago in the studio um so the first question i hope if i would be reborn and have a possibility to decide as i did in my current life that i would be blessed with the same decision so i would be gladly a dance teacher 
You would redo it all again, yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Going through all the struggles and glories of this profession. But I love it. Enjoy it. About advices, I'm learning not to give advices or opinions to others because we all have our own reasons, choices to make, decisions to make. As long as we stay sincere in what we are doing and honest and being aware of our real value. Because it's so easy when we are part of greater society and our identity is always related to how other people see us. Mm -hmm. It is quite a wisdom to maintain your true identity your own authenticity as a human being so you stay and maintain yourself not overpowered by other people opinions or demands or requests of the market and so on so that you have the strength and trust into your world of values mm -hmm. then i believe you will be always on a good path there you go, guys. So remember, it's always individual, very personalized. I like it very much. All right, Miss Barbara, this is the conclusion of our interview. I learned so much. I do like uh, everything that you mentioned, from the Cuban experience to all these different views on the dance sport industry. I think all of our viewers and our future viewers who will watch this interview will come out a little differently in the mindset. So I want to thank you so much, Ms. Badra, for coming on on Scalora Danceport. It was truly an honor to host you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your kind invitation. It was a pleasure for me too. Stay thank safe. You. Yes, and will do. Yes. yes. Viewers, thank you so much for coming out. We enjoyed all of your questions. Igor Golovich, thank you so much. Becky, thank you so much for your questions. We will see you guys.